The following program depicts scenes of murder and violence. Viewer discretion is advised. Words appear sequentially. Crime Crushers Featuring Donna Jordan On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network Sponsored by VIP Tech Episode 33, The Pigeon on the Patio. Hello there, it's Detective DJ, and welcome to one of our shows. By now, you must be familiar with my team, but it doesn't hurt for me to introduce you to them once more. I'll let you know that our team has lots of fun. They don't just go to work and solve crimes and, you know, arrest people and everything like that. They have a lot of fun. They love going to the beach together. They love playing cards together. They go to the movies together. They ice skate together. They do a lot of things together. And then we have family days where we invite the kids of, uh, you know, the respective team members and their spouses and Wow, do we have a terrific time. I can tell you that. Um, last week, for example, we had an outing at the beach and uh, somebody who shall remain nameless almost drowned because you know why? They went swimming and they did not know that the water was a bit deeper than they thought. I wonder who that was. It wasn't me, because I know how to swim, but I'll tell you, this person loves to give their opinion from time to time. Well, not of time to time, but all of the time. Ah, it's Dr. Shea anyway. She can't swim real good, and she... Ah, well, we have to go and rescue her, and uh, she's back with us today. So, our team, Dr. Shea Harrington, a resident psychologist... Chip Sanderson, our resident investigator and my right-hand person. Dr. Nicholas Gasquet, who is our resident pathologist. Dr. Ryan Martini, our crime scene specialist. And of course, young Alex Kirchhoff, who is our resident guru and computer sleuth. And always ready with his questions to test the audience and to give you some hints and See where you go with it. All right, folks, it's time. It's showtime, as they would say. And today, I'm here to present an episode called The Pigeon on the Patio. <laughs> All right, so without further ado, let's get started. It is a bright summer's morning in mid-August. The sun is already very high in the sky, and blue skies and white puffy clouds form the ceiling, as they would say. At a seaside resort, swimmers are already out in the sea. Some are floating lazily, looking up at the skies while others are frolicking in the gentle surf. In a nearby park, two nannies are chatting contentedly as they oversee their young charges. While in the garden, a lady is bent over her rose flower beds, digging and pruning meticulously as she works. Hmm... That's the scene moments before the crime. Scene of the crime, as Dr. Ryan Martini reported to us, was this. As the cops arrived, a little old lady was seen hobbling along her way, 
outside of an outdoor cafe at the seaside. The cops are greeted by a scene of mayhem and confusion. Many have been seriously injured and some are even dead. At first glance, there appears to be a lot of damage to the popular outdoor seaside cafe. Windows have been smashed and broken, and tables and chairs have been turned upside down. In addition, broken glasses and dishes could be seen scattered everywhere, and the cops have started to cordon off the area. It appears that a bomb has just detonated, and now the investigation must begin. Ambulances could be seen arriving and departing with the living and the dead, and TV cameras have also arrived, and before you know it, it has been reported Superstar Adrian Markham has been killed and that he has been killed in a bomb explosion along with several others and that several others have been seriously injured. Wow. Well, here's where Dr. Shea steps in and she tells us that the killer chose this particular location because it was a public place and and that the perfect occasion according to Dr. Shea was that it was one where many were around and that the victim's reason for having been there again according to Dr. Shea is that the superstar had been there for lunch. Hmm. Well, let's continue on. And according to Chip, he has determined that some of the motives for this crime could be as follows. Maybe a crime of spite. A jealous husband seeking retribution or payback from a drug dealer, probably. Ay, 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 ay. According to Dr. Shea, she has developed a profile of a possible suspect. The suspect could have been one who had wanted to make a statement. They were probably angry and felt that they had had nothing to lose. They had chosen this method knowing full well that Adrian Markham would not have been the only one to be killed or seriously injured. Well, these are all speculations and gesticulations and thoughts and suggestions and everything like that, but we never stop there. We go on to the investigation. And for this part, we call on Chip Sanderson, our resident investigator, to provide us with some very important facts. And this is what he has discovered. Adrian Markham had become a superstar in his own right. He was a talented soccer player who had risen to the top of his game in a relatively short period of time. Adrian had grown up in poor and humble surroundings and had been an average student at school. But he had excelled at soccer and he had made it. Adrian's parents did not feel that their son was ready to handle the huge changes that would certainly occur if he were to take this route especially so from a college student so far away from home and his family and transitioning into an international star. In short, 
They were definitely worried that this young student would have difficulty transitioning into an international superstar far away from home, his family and his familiarity. His coaches felt that Adrian needed to become more mature both personally and professionally on and off the field before making this drastic jump from college to international. They had all felt that Adrian was just a bit too young for the big leagues and not mature enough or even ready to play with the big boys. They all felt that this would probably ruin a very promising career. Within the last year, family and friends of Adrian had felt that the young soccer star had seemed to undergo, undergo a drastic change. From being a humble and quiet kid with lots of common sense to a reckless, pompous and wild youngster. For whereas Adrian had made it his duty to phone his parents every week and make regular home visits as he could, he was no longer doing this. Ignoring emails and phone calls from his family and making excuses for not visiting his home. Adrian had also changed towards his coaches, not following their instructions on the field and becoming disrespectful towards them. He had taken to either not showing up for practices or coming late for important games. This would often lead for, to him not being allowed to play. Some members of Adrian's team had become quite fed up with his conduct. While his coaches had started to worry that he would soon lose his scholarship and even ruin his very promising career. Adrian's family had become quite concerned for his well-being, but Adrian Markham did not seem to care. And when he had been offered this very lucrative contract, he had accepted, packed his bags, and had moved off campus into a luxurious apartment that was part of his contract. Adrian and his new international handlers had decided to take a short vacation at a luxurious seaside resort and on this fateful day he was dining at one of those high-class outdoor seaside cafes when the bomb had gone off. There was someone who had wanted to exact revenge over Adrian because Adrian had been having an affair with his wife and now she was pregnant with Adrian's baby. Adrian had been seen in public several times with this person's wife and he did not seem to care what other people thought. He had begun to make a spectacle of himself and had seemed to have fallen madly in love with this person's wife. This person had trusted Adrian like a brother and now he had felt betrayed. During the past year, Adrian had been sucked into a drug ring by someone close to him. At first, he had begun to use drugs recreationally, but he had quickly graduated to more potent drugs. Adrian had found himself running up huge debts to his drug suppliers, and 
In the last few months, he had fallen behind in his payments. Now, the supplier had begun to put the squeeze on him. The supplier had begun to threaten the young superstar, telling him that he should use some of the funds from his signing bonus to pay off his debts. But Adrian had downright refused, saying that he did not owe anything because part of the deal with his supplier was that he would sometimes not play well enough for his team or miss games or come late to games and this would cause his team to play badly and often enough his team would lose games thus giving his supplier a chance to win at the soccer pools. It was common knowledge that many professional soccer teams had been coveting young Adrian Markham for a while now. National and international scouts had been following him at many of his college games and at times this had become a distraction to his teammates. Adrian's college had done their best to minimize the publicity, but for the most part they had not been able to do this. Adrian had received several contract offers in the last three months, but he had not consulted any of his friends before accepting the one that he had finally chosen. Some would say that he had made his choice based on such things as a huge signing bonus, a chance to go abroad, benefits of a fancy sports car, and luxurious condoms for him to live in wherever he went, plus other endorsements. The bidding war for Adrian's services had been quite competitive and at the end of the day it had been suggested that the winning team had used unfair tactics to win Adrian over. Now there was someone who had wanted to stop Adrian from fulfilling his contract. A one-way ticket to Brazil had been found in Adrian's possession along with a large amount of cash. When these young superstars get into such difficulty it is often so hard for them to get out of it especially so when they have been brought up in poor and humble surroundings and then money is flashed in front of their faces and they just lose it. This is what happened to young Adrian Markham. That's very unfortunate. According to Chip, again, he has identified the following suspects. Brandon Fagan, one of Adrian Markham's physiotherapists, Josh Hennessy, Dr. Nicholas Gasquet has identified the cause of death of Adrian Markham as follows. Adrian Markham had died as a result of the bomb blast. He had sustained direct shrapnel to the chest, stomach and face. He had died almost instantly. That's very unfortunate. According to Nicholas, our pathologist, he thinks that how this could have been all done, and this is just his theory, is as follows. It could be reasoned that the mastermind 
behind this crime could have carried out the following plan. They had detonated a bomb from a remote location after they had received certain communication from an accomplice. That may sound far-fetched, but one never knows when a crime is being carried out by someone what lengths they would go to in order to ensure that the crime is carried out. Let's move on now, okay? And I just want to summarize. You know what the crime scene is? It's mayhem everywhere. <clears throat> Some people have been killed. Some people have been seriously injured. It appears that a bomb blast has taken place. Okay? There are a lot of smashed glasses and dishes everywhere. Windows have been broken. Tables and chairs have been turned upside down. And the cops have been called. Total confusion and mayhem. This crime has taken place at a very well-known popular, prestigious outdoor seaside cafe. And the occasion was that the victim was having lunch there with some friends. And he was celebrating a recently signed lucrative contract. And the profile of the suspect, as identified by Dr. Shea, is that the suspect could have been one who had wanted to make a statement. They were probably angry and felt that they had had nothing to lose. They had chosen this method knowing full well that Adrian Markham would not have been the only one to be killed or seriously injured. Suspects? Brandon Fagan? One of Adrian Markham's physiotherapists, Josh Hennessy, one of Adrian Markham's teammates, and Jensen Wolf, one of Adrian Markham's childhood teachers. Young Alex has some questions for you now, and he wants you to consider these questions when you try to, or when you start to try putting these things together. Alright, so here we go with Alex's questions for you. Who could have had the best chance at killing Adrian Markham? Which of the suspects could have been the jealous husband? Which of the suspects could have been the drug dealer? Which of the suspects could have been the one who, could, who was trying to stop Adrian from fulfilling his contract? Why did Adrian purchase a one-way ticket to Brazil? Could this have been part of the puzzle? And how about the large amount of cash that was also found among his belongings? Oh. These things are always very difficult to unravel. But I am sure that you guys are probably on the job and almost there to solving this crime. But we'll go on anyways. Let me go back to the description, okay? So this could help to jog your memory. No one had really paid attention to the snow-white pigeon that had first circled the patio where everyone was having a great time. The pigeon had circled and then had hovered for a few moments. Then it had come in for a landing on one of the outer tables where no one was sitting. There was one person, however, that had carefully watched the progress of the pigeon. And he watched as the Pigeon circled and then came in. This had spotted the pigeon circling and had quickly left the position from among their friends. 
And then they were there at the table as the pigeon landed. A pair of hands had quickly detached a small white envelope from the pigeon's right front foot and had replaced it with a similar-looking one. They then made sure that the envelope was securely fastened. Then they had patted the pigeon's soft, feathery back. And soon enough, the pigeon was off again. And he was lifting off, and a moment later, he was lost in the low, white, hanging clouds. What happened next could only be described as sheer terror and devastation. You know what the crime scene is? You know who the suspects are? Brandon Fagan, a well-known drug dealer, an acquaintance of Adrian Markham, right? He was also Adrian's um, physiotherapist or one of his physiotherapists. Josh Hennessy, a teammate of Adrian Markup, and Jensen Wolf, a childhood teacher of Adrian Markham. You know the important questions that um, young Alex wants you to consider. That these being who could have been who could have had the best chance or to kill Adrian? Which of the suspects could have been the jealous husband? Which of the suspects could have been the drug dealer? And which suspect could have been the one who was trying to stop Adrian from fulfilling his contract? Why did Adrian purchase a one-way ticket to Brazil? And could this have been part of the puzzle? And how about the large amount of cash? All right. Enough of this. We've given you enough detail of the crime scene, the suspects, and everything else. And now what I want to do is move on to some further evidence that has been gathered by Dr. Ryan Martini. Or was it Chip? Hmm. No, I think it was Ryan. According to Ryan, he says... It appears that Adrian had been planning to skip town. The one-way ticket to Brazil and the huge stash of cash seemed to be supporting this theory. In addition, a duffel bag seemed to have been hastily packed with clothes, toiletries, passport, and wallet. The cash and one-way ticket were also tucked into the duffel bag. Copies of several IOU contracts were also found among Adrian Markham's possessions. A letter from a female had also been found among Adrian's possessions. Adrian was supposed to have been spending a few days at a luxurious seaside resort with some friends before going to Europe to start his contract. This had been well publicized. The note that had been retrieved from the pigeon had been had probably been a communication between complices. Let me just say that again. The note retrieved from the pigeon had probably been communication between accomplices. None of the suspects had been present when the bomb had detonated. However, they had all been in the immediate area. Instructions on how to build and detonate a bomb had also been found in the home of one of the suspects. Some of the chemicals that had made up the detonated bomb had also been found in the home of another suspect. 
This is getting confusing. The night before the fateful day, Adrian had been seen arguing with someone on the beach. Well, this may be a bit confusing, but you know what? Let's go and have a look at some more facts about our suspects. And this has been provided to us by our chip. Let's look first at Brandon Fagan. Brandon was one of Adrian's physiotherapists. Brandon had grown very close to young Adrian in within the last year. And he had been very torn when Adrian had accepted his contract. On the one hand, he had felt that Adrian was just too young to make the jump from college to international. But on the other hand, he had been very happy for Adrian. But for other reasons, he did not want Adrian to accept the contract. And now he had to stop him at all cost. Because if he did not, his life would not be worth very much. Brandon Fagan had a wife and two teenage sons to think about. Let's look now at Josh Hennessy. Josh was a teammate of Adrian Markham, and he had become Adrian Markham's drug supplier within the last year. And in return for drugs, Adrian had agreed to alter his play so that Josh could win in the soccer pool. If Adrian played badly, then Josh would have a better chance of winning in the soccer pool. And it would also enable him to take Adrian's place on the team. And this often happened when Adrian played badly. Josh had come to practically control Adrian's college life by dictating to him when he should play badly and when he should play well. And whenever he felt like it, he would demand payment for drugs. Knowing full well that Adrian would be hard put to pay him. So then Adrian would be forced to play badly, thus enabling Josh to win in the soccer pool. Josh had made thousands of dollars doing this. But he was also from a very wealthy family. Just Hennessy was a bully and a very controlling person. And he had become very angry when Adrian had accepted his contract. He knew that the days of his control of Adrian would be over. And he knew that if Adrian were to go away, that would be it for him. Jensen Wolf. Jensen had been a childhood teacher of Adrian, of Adrian Markham. Adrian had always looked up to Jensen because Jensen Wolf was his childhood hero. And Jensen had been his mentor until Adrian had left for college. Even at college, the two had remained extremely close. And Adrian's parents had been extremely grateful for this. But then, something had changed over a year ago. Adrian had somehow become involved with Jensen's wife, Gala. And Jensen had come home one evening to find the pair in bed. And from there on, things had deteriorated rapidly. Soon after the discovery, Gala had moved out 
and had taken an apartment close to Adrian's college campus, but not for very long. When Adrian had moved into his luxurious condo, which had been given to him as part of his contract, Gala had moved in with him. Gala had left Jensen and their three preteen kids, and Jensen had been left to pick up the pieces, and he was left to explain to his kids why their mom had left home, and he had to explain to the kids why it was Adrian that she had left home for because they had grown up knowing Adrian and had liked him very, very much. They had come to think of Adrian as their big brother. Adrian and Gala had become a hot item in public and husband Jensen had become extremely angry. He was embarrassed that his wife had left him for a much younger man. And when it had become known that she had become pregnant, presumably with Jensen's or Adrian's child, Jensen had become even more overwrought. Then it was announced that Adrian had signed a lucrative contract. And now everyone was waiting to see what would happen next between him and Gala. Would Gala go off with Adrian? Or would she return to her husband? My, 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 young love, people running off. This crime gets even more interesting. Now, through the eyes of the killer, According to Alex, the killer had employed an accomplice to help him carry out this terrible deed. The killer had used the accomplice to act as a lookout and had instructed him to relieve or retrieve the note from the pigeon and use the pigeon to send a returning note back to him. The killer and the accomplice had pre-arranged the contents of both notes so that if they had been ever discovered, the notes would appear to be innocent enough. The return note to the killer was the signal for him to detonate the bomb remotely. The killer had also employed the services of an innocent old lady to plant the bomb. Well, let's move on. Let's go straight to the arrest. It was a mid-fall day when the cops came for the suspect. It was around noon and the sun was straining to shine and college classes had already started for the semester. The birds had already started their annual migration to the warmer southern climates and could be seen flying away in a V form. The suspect was cuffed and had walked quietly with his head down and he had hidden his face from prying cameras some say that they even thought that they had seen the suspect crying. I don't know much about that. Can you guess who was arrested? Was it Jensen Wolf, the jilted husband and childhood teacher of Adrian Markham? Was it Josh Hennessy? Adrian Markham's teammate and drug supplier? 
Was it Brandon Fagan? One of Adrian Markham's therapists? And the one who had now on the one who now had to stop Adrian from fulfilling his contract? Hmm. Well, let's go to court. Time to go to court. In front of a circus-like atmosphere, where the courtroom overflowed with international media, college friends and teachers, and family members of the defendant and the victim, the prosecution proffered the following. Instructions on how to make a bomb. The defendant had had the most to lose if Adrian Markham had been allowed to fulfill his contract. They would be killed and maybe their family as well would be killed. They had had the best chance to carry off this crime. There was evidence to support that the defendant had engaged in bomb-making activities. Witnesses have confirmed that the defendant had been seen arguing with Adrian on the night before the fateful day, and that this argument had taken place on the beach. The defendant had recently withdrawn a large sum of money from their account and the exact amount had been found in agents belongings. The prosecution further stated that the defendant had employed two others to help him carry out his mission. A friend who had retrieved the note from the pigeon's foot and the little old lady who had placed a cake containing the bomb on a nearby table at the cafe. In addition, the defendant had killed Adrian when he realized that he could not convince him to go to Brazil instead of flying off to Europe to fulfill his contract. The defense proffered the following. They said that they were not guilty. He had never wanted to kill Adrian. He had only wanted to help him by offering him a way out of it all. To take his money and fly to Brazil. He had thought that if he had been able to convince Adrian to run away to Brazil, he could have stopped him from fulfilling his contract and thus satisfied those who were threatening him. He had met Adrian on the beach and had told him of a plot to kill him if Adrian were to fulfill his contract. And he had given him the cash and the one-way ticket and a letter from a lady friend of his in Brazil offering to help him and he had begged Adrian to leave town telling him that if he did not leave town he, Brandon, would be killed. Adrian had refused to listen to his pleas. The instruction found at his home were ones that he had used to help his son with an experiment. His son had confirmed this. The defendant claimed that he did not know the two accomplices identified, nor had he ever met them or seen them before now. Finally, the defendant raised the question, of Adrian's hastily packed duffel bag. Inferring that Adrian had been planning to go to Brazil after all, the prosecution
prosecution presented evidence to the contrary and the two accomplices had stated that the defendant had paid them to help him. This is very, very confusing. My goodness. But in the minds of the jury, they had to consider the following. The jury seemed to think that the prosecution had an open and shut case, motive, resources, and evidence, along with sworn statements from witnesses. They did not think that the packed duffel bag was an important factor. However, they had spent some time debating this question. We sent Chip outside the court to take the pulse of the crowd. And he came back telling us that overwhelming opinion seemed to think that the defendant was guilty. But there were a few who had refused to believe it. The matter of the hastily packed duffel bag was debated in some quarters. Some saying that this was in favor of the defendant's arguments, but others had refused to give it much credence. Chip took a straw poll, and the straw poll showed the following. 90 for a guilty verdict, and only 10% for a not guilty verdict. 90% for guilty, 10% for not guilty. Hmm. When the verdict came down, it was not shocking, but then again, it was shocking. Because this time, the jury came back with a verdict in record time. Guilty beyond reasonable doubt. So it was not shocking to many, after all. And he was found guilty of first-degree murder because of intent. He was also found guilty of multiple murders for the others who had also been killed. Because the defendant knew what would happen when he detonated the bomb. Guilty of grievous bodily harm for those who had been injured in the bomb blast. Guilty of many things, eh? Hmm. Who do you think the real killer was? And now it is time for me to identify the real killer. The real killer was not the one who had been found guilty. The jury had found Brandon Fagan guilty and he was one of Adrian Markham's physiotherapists. But it was Josh Hennessy who had done it. And remember now, he was one of Adrian Markham's teammates and drug suppliers. There are two stories to tell here, and I'm going to tell you now. First of all, Brandon Fagan appealed his, his conviction, and his appeal was upheld. A rival soccer team had threatened to kill Brandon Fagan if he was not able to convince Adrian Markham to reject his contract. They had chosen Brandon to try and stop Adrian from fulfilling his contract because they felt that Brandon could convince the young superstar. At first, Brandon had refused to get involved, but then he and his family had been threatened 
and Brandon had withdrawn cash from his own savings and had bought a one-way ticket to Brazil for Adrian. He had also given Adrian the name of a friend in Brazil for him to contact when he got to Brazil. Brandon's friend had written to Adrian and had given him some info. This was the letter that had been found among Adrian Markham's belongings. The night before the fateful day, Brandon had gone to look for Adrian on the beach to plead with him to take his offer, but Adrian had refused. The two had argued vehemently and Brandon had left extremely upset. Josh Hennessy's plot had gone like this. He had paid a stranger to lure Adrian to the outdoor seaside cafe on that fateful day. And the stranger had told Adrian that some of his friends had wanted to throw a going away lunch for him. Adrian had fallen for this and had gone to the cafe. Josh had then used a pigeon to send a note to the stranger to tell him when he was ready to detonate the bomb. And the stranger had sent a return note to tell him that Adrian was at the cafe. Josh had also paid an innocent little old lady to leave a chocolate cake on a nearby table at the cafe and the cake that contained the bomb. Finally, Josh had shown a photo of Brandon to these two persons and had told these two persons that Brandon was the person who was paying them and that he was just the go-between. These two persons had confirmed this at Brandon's appeal hearing. Josh Hennessy was a very manipulative, very controlling, very resourceful person and this is why he had been able to carry off this crime so well. But justice did prevail at the end. That's it for me, folks. I hope you enjoyed this mystery as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. I want to wish you a terrific day, a terrific rest of the week, and I want to thank you for listening to my audios. You take care now. Until the next time, bye. This has been Crime Crushers. On whose blind life is it anyway? The Blind Perspective Network. Catch Crime Crushers every Wednesdays. On Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Sponsored by VIP Tech.